0: Oh, come on, Alan, we were doing it together. Oh, sorry, you're harmonising. No, you certainly weren't harmonising. Well, here we are, boys. Been a while. Yes. Happy Easter. It's our Easter special. Is it? Yeah, remember how we ended last episode, promising an Easter special for everyone, <laughs> and Alan Alan was going to pick a film for everyone to do, and here we are with a, a religiously themed film for Easter. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: Just yeah, late. it's all worked out. Okay, well, we are
2: doing the Indian, we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're doing the Indiana Jones films. We're doing the Indiana Jones films. Uh, we're going to do them one by one. This is going to be an ex- extravaganza.
0: How many of them are there now? Yeah, everyone, everyone's going to be well, well excited about this.
2: Because there's four out already, right? And then another one coming.
0: Yeah, we're doing mm. it because there's a fifth one on the way. Are we going to do the fifth one as well? Yeah, I think we should. Yes. I mean, you're going to go watch it at the cinema, right? I mean, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think we should just do do the four that are out, and then the fifth one when we're done. Yeah, 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 definitely. Oh, fabulous. Because that's this is the thing, guys. Uh, our schedules are not going to allow us to get all four out before the fifth film comes out, which is kind of how mm. we would have done things in the past. But that's fine. You get this to build your hype. The second Who one cares? might be out before. Who knows? It's all. It's all. You're probably going to watch it on streaming anyway because Disney, yeah. have, uh, <laughs> Disney have effectively trained their audience to not go to the cinema anymore and just wait for the films <laughs> to turn up on Disney Plus. So. <laughs> Elemental's tracking to make uh, a big loss, isn't it? Actually, on that note, have you seen the new Indiana Jones movies? Got pretty not great reviews along with Elemental. Yes. Disney only went and premiered it at the fucking Cannes Film Festival. didn't they do that with um, *Kingdom of the Crystal Skull as well and that came out with fairly decent reviews didn't it I need to double check this right I'm I'm gonna do a quick maybe that's what they were thinking I I just wonder how much the new Indiana Jones movie might actually be alright and they just made a very stupid decision to premiere it at the Cannes Film Festival where everyone's like oh no.
1: <laughs> yeah, no Kingdom of the Crystal Skull prepared at the Cannes Film Festival on May 18, 2008.
0: Oh dear. Well, <laughs> let's let's not dwell on on depressing looks to the future of this franchise. Let's let's uh let's let's go right back to the start, shall we? All the way back yes. there. I'll tell you what. I will tell you what, Calvin. Do you know what, Calvin? Mhm. This is your 200th episode of Diminishing Returns. Oh
1: really? You've been keeping track. I believe so. I believe so. Ah. Oh, that's... Uh, do you have party poppers or anything? <laughs> Crack a whip. There, there we go. I saw, it
2: just popped up on my Twitter earlier, someone posting this today that we are recording is 42 years since the release of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Ah. So, by just by chance, we are doing this on the anniversary. That's why we picked this date. 42 years, so though. It's a long time, isn't it?
0: I wouldn't know. I've never, never been alive that long.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of the film world, um, I haven't watched this film. I just watched it this morning, actually. But I haven't watched this film, I don't know, God knows how many years, 10, 15 years maybe. And I was kind of was not quite
0: sure what to expect. Been a while since I watched these. And I'm definitely, I'm most familiar with Raiders. Uh, Raiders is my favorite. Of the franchise ahead of a rewatch, I've of course rewatched Raiders last night for this, but I haven't rewatched the others yet. I will be going through them before each episode we do on the series. But I've probably only seen Temple of Doom like maybe twice, because uh, it's shit. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh! Oh, that's interesting. I thought you were going to be one of
1: those uh, contradictory people who cites it as the best, <laughs> uh, as is popular to do these days.
0: I am interested to see if I come round on it when I watch it again. Mm. But no, certainly just to kind of lay my cards out here up front because I'm interested to see how my thoughts on the series change and progress. Uh, Raiders is absolutely my favourite. Temple of Doom I think is shit. I think it's the worst one and I do mean the worst one. Um, Last Crusade I think is great and uh, Crystal Skull I think it's just kind of mediocre not as bad as people make out but not good and but better than Temple of Doom.
1: See, I'm probably then the biggest fan of the series of the three of us going into this. I, these are films that I will rewatch, like every couple of years or uh, something along those lines. It the kinds of films that I don't even need to rewatch for you know a discussion like this. I'd I know them so well. Last Crusade is my favourite. Um, on my last rewatch, um, <laughs> Henry Junior. <laughs> but I rate the uh, the original three quite highly all of them, actually. Um, and I mm-hmm. think Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is a fair um, action-adventure film. I will be re-watching that one, actually, because that is the one that I've seen the least. But yeah, I, I, I did um, re-watch bits of Raiders anyway for the purpose of this I had it in the background while I was doing some stuff this weekend. So um, yes, I do have it somewhat fresh in my mind.
2: See, I, 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 in my head, this is one of those kind of high action adventure romps that were very common in the 80s and even the 90s and have basically don't see much these days because it's replaced with just Marvel you know, fast fast and furious films and superhero films but I was quite looking forward to seeing it having said that I don't think it quite lived up to my memory or expectations I, yeah, I, I must and
0: admit there was
2: a couple of times I was watching it I was like is is this in, going in slow motion have i got the settings wrong or something it was just <laughs> and i think that's just this film language isn't it the pacing just yeah. even even in the action fight scenes it felt like oh and there's the stuntman waiting for his turn to be punched there Yeah is. i yeah. i think i i had a
0: similar thought and i it's not quite what you're saying there but i think it's probably the same sort of thing that we're picking up on i did think man is some of this choreography i guess is some of the choreography and 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 blocking here clunky where it's obviously spielberg doing his masterful you know we're going to put the camera here this person's going to walk over here but there were a lot of times where it just kind of felt like right person's moving over here looking for their mark on the floor right now they're going to kind of go to slap him but they're not going to quite very stage come i don't know it all just felt very but that's really my only negative uh and other than that it held up very well and i had a great time with it and i think it was a, a wonderful film um it, th- this was always when i when i kind of got into you know cinema as a as a whole i think most people kind of gravitate towards star wars if they if they didn't already have the affinity for it in childhood. And I never really did that, but I did always kind of gravitate towards the Indiana Jones, and I think I got what a lot of people got from Star Wars from this. Um, mm. And Raiders was always the one I kind of, I, I felt like, oh, this is the real film here. Like, I had it on DVD very early on when I started buying, building up a DVD collection when I was a kid. Um, It was only years and years later that I bought Last Crusade. I mean, I bought it on Blu-ray, that's how much time had passed before I got Last Crusade. So Raiders was one I would just, you know, revisit again and again because I had it on DVD. I think, I think I probably watched all the films as a kid. Um, in fact, I remember how I watched Temple of Doom, but I'll save that for next episode. And then I think when I was getting into films and stuff, I then went and downloaded everything on LimeWire and watched it all again there. And Raiders, what? obviously, <laughs> Raiders obviously <laughs> was good enough that I was like, "Yep, I've got to go out and buy this." And it was the. Do you remember Calvin? The at the time there were these um, when these films were released on DVD, they were these really nice um, collector's edition. Sets with the sleeves mm. and the kind of oh yes embossed uh, Indiana Jones poster looking yeah mm. they were nice DVDs. <laughs>
2: I know. Um, mm. Can I? Can, this is a bit of a side thing, but go on. They don't. I know physical media like people aren't really doing it now, uh, although it's obviously going to come back. But yeah, that when was that period where it's like we're going to make an effort. It's like good. It's like the old album covers. Like we're going to really do something with these DVDs. Well, it was
0: it was around this point. It was around when the Indiana Jones movies were coming to DVD. Yeah, it was. Well, when was that? Mm. Two thousand four. Mid mid nineties, I'd say. Yeah,
2: because I know Calvin's a sucker for all that bullshit, and it'll just pay money I for anything it. with Bond on it.
1: I still do it, but it's hard to find these days. Uh, but Sol, I thought you were better than that.
0: (laughs) What, you thought it was better than buying a film on DVD so that I could watch it at the height of
2: No, no, no! Buying it so you could watch it, but I mean buying it because it's in a fancy, shiny box.
0: (laughs) I didn't buy it because it was in a fancy, shiny box. I bought it so I could watch the film, and it happened to have a nice. But you're you are you are extolling the virtues of the box. I am. It's like it's like. Do you remember Spaced, the uh, the Edgar Wright sitcom, when they released like series one and two collectors edition DVD with a load of special features? Had a lovely, lovely kind of shiny embossed box with a poster done in the style of Indiana Jones and Star Wars, whatever that artist's name is. Yeah, it was lovely. It's nice having it on it on my shelf. I like having a nice box. I'm not, I'm not gonna pay even a cent more for a nice box. But <laughs> a cent? Why did I go for a cent? Why did I go for American <laughs> currency there? It's, it's, it's the culture. <laughs> it's because I used to import DVDs for my Region <laughs> One DVD player. I'm currently surrounded by James Bond Blu-ray
1: Steelbooks <laughs> uh, for films that I've owned for. 14 years.
0: See, I don't want a steel book. It it it, it, it confuses my shelf. It gets in the way. I love book. steel
1: books. They did release some really nice Indiana Jones steel books actually not that long ago. I didn't go in for it but they were, you know, using the original poster art and everything. It looked really nice.
0: But, yeah, I, I don't I, I guess we shouldn't get too much into the franchise and where it's going to come but, but, but should we kind of hear your guys' brief overview of the films like i gave there and then commit to just talking about raiders for the rest of this episode
2: well let me go first because i don't have much to say i like i say, i haven't watched Mm. these films for years um so i am kind of revisiting them for the first time in a while
0: when would you estimate you last watched raiders specifically um i I, probably 15 years ago I, i i don't know
2: Long enough ago that I can't, I know there was definitely things I recognised as iconic moments, but I couldn't have really told you, oh yeah, this is what's going to happen next. Like, I, it was a relatively new experience.
0: I reckon it's probably about 10 years for me, to be fair, so.
2: I vaguely remember going to see The Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls and thinking it was pretty shit, so,
1: um, but that, how long ago was that? That was... 2008, I believe. 2008. Maybe I rewatched yeah. them then, maybe, even though, I, I don't know. Mm. These are proper childhood favourites for me, and some of the earliest kind of non-cartoon, uh, sort of, you know, grown-up films, I guess, that I remember watching <laughs> along with Star Wars and James Bond. Got memories of watching, I remember my dad had a nice, again, just to talk about pretty physical media, but he had the nice VHS uh, set of the three of them in, watched them an awful lot, had them on DVD, got them on Blu-ray... Um, yeah, and like I said, I, I come to them every couple of years. Uh, I remember seeing Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, I think on, the, certainly on the weekend of release, it might well have been the day of release, I remember seeing that with my dad. It was in a double bill with Iron Man, which, uh, wow. we, we ended up preferring, uh,
0: between the two of us. Were those out at the same time? Wow. Guess it's crazy, isn't be. it?
1: What
2: what a, what a passing of the torch that was,
0: <laughs> You know, I, yeah. I, I... I Oh, you know, I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. I was going to talk about my viewing experience of Crystal Skull. No, we're saving no, it. No, we're doing a Crystal Skull it. episode. Ah, yes, save it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Calvin,
2: can I ask you something regarding that childhood experience? Because when I was watching mm. this earlier... There was a couple of moments, actually. To say this, I consider these to be family-friendly films. There oh were a my few God, moments where I thought, violent. if I saw this when <laughs> I was seven or eight, this would haunt my dreams. This, oh, like, really? S- mm. Skellingtons and skulls and faces. Oh, and I stuff. never had anything like that. Mm. There were just
0: a few points where I thought, if I was showing this to a child, I would feel like, mm, is this a bit violent for a kid? <laughs> yeah. And I'm not talking so much about this. There's cartoonish violence, like uh, a man getting hit by a, an aeroplane, pro- aeroplane propeller and blood splattering everywhere. But then there's also just like a man on fire, and then Indiana Jones shoots him in the head <laughs> and he dies. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's just actually brutal violence. Okay. <laughs> it's like John Wick. is that. <laughs>
1: It's in that weird era, isn't it where like well Jaws is another example to name a Steven Spielberg film that was p g rated for so long of its life, even though it's got some really horrific and quite gory imagery mm. in it mm. um but no, funnily enough, despite being a relatively precious child, I, I wasn't traumatized by any of uh, these. But I think, Saul, I think what you said is true. I think the, the fact that so much of the violence is cartoony yeah, yeah. Um, is what helps it. You can't really take it seriously. Even when Alfred Molina gets like you know the spikes through his face and his mouth hanging well, open and stuff, it still just looks so
0: comic. Even watching that now, having seen this film however many times, being intimately familiar with who Alfred Molina is... Even now, I watch that and I go, oh, is that meant to be Alfred Molina? Dennis? Yeah, like, does so- <laughs> it look... <laughs> it's not a
2: great likeness, is it?
0: <laughs> On that note, actually, this is quite an interesting film, this, because Alfred Molina has a habit of turning up unexpectedly for one scene in a film and then <laughs> stealing-, stealing the entire movie and um this is this is probably the furthest end of the spectrum where he doesn't really steal the film at all it's not yeah. like like promising young woman he takes that film boogie nights that's his movie dead man walking or whatever it's called with johnny depp he's stealing it coffee and cigarettes he's pretty much stealing it but uh maybe not vice but yeah, he's here. He was still being considered to be the lead in Red Dwarf, the BBC sitcom, <laughs> years after his role in this. To give a sense of how, yeah, how his career hadn't taken off yet.
2: It, this brings up a point actually, where quite a few of the supporting characters, who a lot of them are British and um, sitcom actors, actually, but what I th- would call. Totally overacting. Um, and um, I think it's like a deliberate stylistic choice of like Spielberg going, oh, I'm doing the 1930s serials, and that's what they did with crap actors.
0: Can I, on that note, get into yeah something that I do think is a bit of a weakness of this film, and I do think is probably going to be controversial. Calvin's going to hate this. Yeah, I think the characters in this film, and perhaps this franchise, to be perfectly honest, are pretty weakly... Drawn, and with a handful of exceptions, like they all blur into one for me, and I can't really mm. tell them apart or remember the names so
2: there there's two types of Nazis you've got lantern jawed like Ubermensch and Steve Pemberton <laughs>
0: villains I'm all right with um. <laughs> I'm, I quite enjoy a cartoon Nazi villain, but that's because they're all faceless villains. Uh, obviously, Indy himself loads a personality. It's Harrison Ford. He oozes charisma. Obviously, I'm not talking about him. But then your, your, your Salas and your Renes and whoever the fuck, they're all like, <laughs> what? Just the same person, pretty much, aren't they? Just...
1: It might surprise you, Sol. I'm not going to disagree with you on that. Um, I think there are some notable exceptions. I think I think Last Crusade has the best yeah. characterization, okay. broadly yeah. Yeah. speaking, we get in into the series. The... We won't,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But in in this film, I
0: agree with you. I think Indy uh, Harrison carries the whole thing. To be perfectly frank. The only reason I can tell Marion, apart from the others, is because she's a woman.
2: Yeah, the only woman in it. <laughs> like, i tell you what, the, the, yeah. the only other time we ever see any women is when we see Indy doing his university lectures and there's, like, the classes full of girls. And it's like, I don't even know if there's <laughs> this many women in university in the 1930s. <laughs> Never mind in this one class, but okay. But that's the only other time we see any women. Uh, oh no we see Salah's wife for about 30 seconds but that's it
1: uh, that yeah. I, was,
2: I noticed that like halfway through it was like there's no women in this all there's lots of semen
1: well, I, I, I would um, throw um, Denholm Elliot into uh, the characters that I like, but again, I think I might be bringing in some goodwill from um, Last Crusade regarding yes, him. Yes, because in this, Wh- he's, which one's he's that?
2: very much a supporting character.
1: Um, his his kind of um, colleague at the university... Who he, he comes in and takes Indy out of class, and then he takes him to meet all of the bigwigs. Oh, uh, okay. English guy, grey hair. I agree with you, though, so I think we'll get into it, but I do think that... Uh, You know, the film does drop the ball somewhat on villains, which is Mm. interesting to say when it's just Nazis. Yeah. Um,
0: But yeah, anyway, we'll get into it. So, should we start at the beginning? It's a very good place to start. Well, it is with this film in particular. Good God. A very iconic Mm. opening. Yeah, name a more iconic opening of a film. I Mm. mean, there probably is one, but... um, (laughs) (laughs) Can't think of one off the top of my head. 2001 A Space Odyssey, maybe... Yeah, yeah maybe more yeah. iconic maybe I'm not sure but yeah no it, it
1: really does have all of that iconography that you i, I mean I, I love that the film kind of sets out what it is so blatantly here in the first 10 minutes it's all of that
0: it's everything you just said and it's just an incredible standalone bit of work like you could mm. almost just watch mm. it as a little short film and it would just play beautifully it's 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 fantastic it's but yeah it, it's like most films would write one of the little moments that I'm about to go into and call it a day. That would be what you have to carry that scene. But here there's mm. like five or six of these little moments. And I'm talking about he sees the idol and he, he he weighs up a you know bag of sand he's got and he takes a little bit of sand out to try and match the weight and, you know, th- that's a great moment. Total um, nonsense, but yeah. Total nonsense, moment. but it's a great moment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or he's chased by a boulder, or he runs out and there's there's a load of, like, indigenous people with arrows pointed at him, but then there's his mate there, and he's like, oh, my mate. And then the mate falls over and there's a load of arrows in his back. <laughs> or, my favourite bit, when he's running to get away from them and his other mates in the aeroplane on the water, uh, the the aquatic plane... And he's fishing, and he's got he's got a bite. He's trying to reel in, and then Indy's like, "Start the plane, start the plane." And then the guy sort of looks at the fishing rod, like, "Ah," oh, oh, and he has to make a decision between, <laughs> and he obviously lets just drops the rod and goes to start the plane. But like, it's that it's just full of little moments like that.
2: What about, yeah, what about skirting under the falling uh, door right at the last second? Oh, great. And grabbing a whip. Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's like most films, I think, would not be that densely packed with rich, playful mm. little moments and ideas. You would have one or two of them in a scene like this. Mm. You And this is just every beat is just. And, and that's, you know, true of the film as a whole, really. The pacing is just really. Lightning fast, like I, I, jumping ahead a little bit here. But I watched this on on Disney Plus, where um, the films have just gone up here in the UK and I think most regions. But that means I watched it on my PlayStation, and that means that after ten minutes of being idle, the controller goes blue and it says like your controller is disconnected in the corner. And that happened yeah. in this film, and I was like, holy shit! We're only ten minutes in. It felt like I've been watching it for <laughs> in a good way. It felt like we were forty minutes into the film. <laughs> mm. It does take its foot off the pedal a tiny bit as the as the mm. runtime progresses, but
2: it reminded me a bit, Calvin, of the uh, your, your Bond uh, mm. setup. You know that the opening scene, which is sort of a standalone thing, but sets mm. up what might be coming. Then a sort of like sitting around a desk with some <laughs> yeah. CIA guys, like setting up exposition heavy set up the plot and then meet the woman (laughs) you know that kind Mm. of uh, that kind
1: of language of it uh, well, you know, of course, one of the famous behind-the-scenes stories of this series is that it was born out of um, Steven Spielberg uh, wanting to direct a Bond film, and he was hanging out with George Lucas, and George Lucas said, well, I've got something better than Bond, I've got Indiana Jones. Well, it wasn't wrong. Yeah. Because, <laughs> oh, no. um, yeah, I think Lucas had conceived of the character some years prior, and it was only really through working it with Spielberg that they kind of, uh, you know, it is like a merging of, you know, George Lucas even with Star Wars, that was hearkening back mm. to old movie serials, the Indiana Jones is very much of that mold with a bit of james Bond kind of sp- structure sprinkled on top
0: yeah i'm i'm not i'm not just um i I compare Indiana Jones and Star Wars a lot. I think I even compared them in our Star Wars episodes we did at the podcast years ago and um hmm. and that's not just like an arbitrary oh they're made by the same people it's like you say that i think of them as sister projects to one another you know they they're very hmm. much like um well my my go to is always the simpsons and future armor i'm sure there's better examples than that that are more universal but they are they're very cut from the same cloth they're doing the exact same thing they've just kind of you know the flintstones and the jetsons they they've gone in a different direction at a certain point one's turned left one's turned right but other than that they're essentially the same thing Mm. and yeah I just for whatever reason um, for anyone who hasn't listened to our Star Wars episodes I'm not a big Star Wars guy I think they're fine but it works for me here. I, I really... I, I get a lot out of Indiana Jones, and I, I don't know what the difference is, but...
1: I have to agree with you, solo also on your point that you made about um, the lovely little details that are just peppered mm. through every sort of, like, few seconds, it seems. It's just so rich in... Uh, it Maybe if not character, just, like, fun little sprinkles of... Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, um... It, it is a delight to watch this, and I think it is beautifully photographed. I agree mm. with you mm. with what you were saying about the blocking earlier on. Some of it is a bit clumsy. Funky, but overall I think it's a beautiful looking film
0: yeah definitely no I totally agree
1: well in terms of
2: the iconography and all that several moments where it's like the Indiana Jones shadow or silhouette like they were really hammering like that kind of the the stoic hat and whip and all that sort of stuff they, like they, they knew they were creating a character here that, that would exist outside of this do you know what I
0: mean Mm. yeah so, he's going into to find this idol in the temple. There's loads of traps. It's like playing a video game. It's like playing Crash Bandicoot, actually, specifically. <laughs> Tell you what annoyed me for the first time ever, and it made me think of you, Alan. Yeah. When, when he holds his hand up to the light, and it triggers <laughs> a trap. Just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I... <laughs> it, it made me think, how have they rigged that up? Well, There's probably some what, sort of light sensor in the. In the <laughs> what mechanism are they using? What ancient yeah. mechanism is that working on? And um, yeah, it, it reminded me of how you get upset about like when blood or liquid old, like uh... pours into old <laughs> like stone <laughs> yeah. crevices and yeah.
2: Anything that was built two thousand years ago, it's not, <laughs> it's, it's not going to work. <laughs> I tell you what annoyed
0: me on on a similar note, and this is jumping way ahead. You know when uh, Marion and Indy get. Locked in that tomb with the snakes mm-hmm. Yes And then they climb their way out There's just like a perfect little square brick That's like a plug That Indy can just kind of pop out That's just yeah. waiting to be popped <laughs> and- out It's not even like a tiny tight- And a rock that must have been ex- much lighter Than
2: uh, any <laughs> yeah. rock that size would be it just sort of Gives it a gentle push Yeah,
0: gives it a little push It, like, it wasn't touching the sides anyway So yeah. Sort of rock you'd need a crane to move <laughs> 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 they go in they take the idol it triggers all the traps going they run back after melina double crosses indy ends up dying anyway they do a daring escape and then waiting for him outside having retrieved the idol is the villain who takes it from him mm. and he's luckily able to escape with his life all the same and we learn so much about him as, as a character I just want to pause on... uh, Because you you introduced the
1: villain there as well. Um, Mm. I just want to pause on him for a moment because I have to admit, when I was watching this film as a kid, I never realized that this guy is the same bad guy as later on in the film. He's so kind of nondescript, and his name's Rene Belloc, he's played by Paul Freeman who I mainly know for playing Ivan Ooze in the Power Rangers movie (laughs) Um, but you know when it's just I I think as a kid I did just take this as like a Bond style, you know tail end of another adventure and then more often it's a whole new bunch of characters, I'm sure Mm. that the film does make the connection if you don't just recognise the actor which you probably would, but there is just something about this villain that has never worked for me. I find him very uncharismatic and bland compared to everything else around him.
0: Well, he's he's, he's not even the most charismatic villain in this film. We, we <laughs> we're introduced yeah. to a little Peter Lorre homage. I, I can only assume yeah. that's what they're doing. But yeah, we, we, we get out there, we learn, you know, we learn a lot about how Indiana Jones believes these artifacts need to be in a museum, so he's he's doing this for like righteous reasons that can make us mm. feel a bit better about stuff. Stealing precious <laughs> things from around the world and woke, different cultures. Woke Spielberg yeah, yeah. in 1981. <laughs> <laughs> a woman, a woman drinking a man twice her size under the table. <laughs> well, that didn't make sense, though.
2: I thought the point of that was that it was a trick, and she wasn't really drinking alcohol. It was like so she was getting it switched out because not not least because she owns the bar. So I thought, oh yeah, someone, someone, hmm. you know. I, I assumed that that was going to be this the reveal. And it never was. Mm.
1: Yeah, it's a good point actually. Yeah, you just feel like that's you're waiting for a payoff there, but the payoff is just that she's really good at drinking, I guess.
2: Because it's not just that she's outdrank this other person who's collapsed, who's drunk so much to collapse. She then just wants. She's just fine. She's not even drunk. Yeah. She's, <laughs> she's she's
0: a bit tipsy mm. maybe. Like and then she does a bit of bad drunk acting for yeah like a scene and then sort of drops it. Uh, but yeah, we learn that Indiana Jones has all that going on. Uh, we learn that he's got this rivalry with this bad guy. We learn that he's pragmatic. When when Alfred Molina's like, chuck me the idol and I'll throw you the whip. And, you know, he, he gets double-crossed by him, kind of knowing that it's going to happen, but what's he going to do? And we mm. learn that he he's a big, tough guy who can handle anything except for snakes. Uh, <laughs> and then we get a, a fun little moment where there's a snake in the cockpit of the plane and he's upset about it. And then his mate tells him to get a backbone. And it's like, mate, you, <laughs> you should have seen what he's just been through, mate. It's. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well,
2: I what I like about the character, and it does set it up straight away, is that he's not going to die on a hill. He will, his philosophy is live to fight another day. Okay, you've got a gun on me, here's the thing you want. <laughs> See ya. Mm. <laughs> like he, yeah, he's not, he's not, yeah. I, I quite like that though. It, I think that differentiates it from, say, oh, I'm the big hero and I'm going to kick your face in and, and steal. Oh, yeah, thing. yeah, whatever, yeah. Whatever. Like, it's more mm, brains mm. than brawn, but he can... And, and alongside that, you know, he takes a really serious kick in throughout the film and he feels it. Still not in any mm. kind of realistic way, but by Hollywood, like,
0: real... It it reminded me a bit of Evil Dead, to be honest. This this rewatch, there are a I few moments. I knew you were going to say that. Well, it's not just that. It's 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 how much of a beating indie takes, but then also moments like the big guy getting thrown into a propeller and and just blood <laughs> splattering everywhere, and people kind of go Durr. And also the comical. There's a lot of like Three Stooges esque comedic staging that Spielberg does the scene where again jumping right ahead here the scene where Marion pulls out a frying pan and then the villain she's fighting (laughs) with pulls out a knife and she kind of goes and like runs away and then she runs in through an empty doorway he runs in through the door behind her we hear a dunk and then he falls out backwards onto the floor. She that pulls really, him. like
2: All of that, that really felt, made me laugh because the, it, it was such felt, a cartoon frying pan noise. So it's a
0: perfect, <laughs> perfect example of the kind of clunky staging I'm talking about. But it, it also was like funny and energetic. That really reminded me of Sam Raimi, who obviously grew up on Spielberg. Yeah, that's what I mean, was making Evil Dead as this... Uh, I think it came out the same year. In fact, did it? Evil Dead. Similar sensibility running through it, which is maybe why I like this more than Star Wars. I don't think Star Wars has the same degree of uh, goofy slapstick. It, yeah, Luke, George Lucas mm. feels very
2: po faced, doesn't he? He hasn't got.
0: Uh, I mean, Star Wars has its own silliness about it, but uh, yeah, it, it sort of. Yeah, this film sort of seems to know when to take itself seriously and when not to, and I, I think maybe Star Wars is less. No, I think
1: you bang on there um, solely. The um, Three Stooges and Marx Brothers and Laurel and Hardy, Spielberg loves all that stuff. I think, you know, he grew up on those kinds of 30s era, what, what do you call them, shorts, uh, comedies, and I think he's bringing in a lot of that influence
0: here. It's a very visual film, you know? It's, it's There's a lot of your show-don't-tell screenwriting rule at play and yeah i think it just it goes a long way towards making it a, a satisfying crowd pleasing blockbuster
2: one element i enjoyed from this sort of early section was the the relationship between him and marion and there's there's a backstory there and it's her her father and they were working together and then he they obviously had some sort of uh, uh affair and then it all went sour we don't quite get the full details of that but it's like it, that feels like a previously on. It's like that was a pre- that was a, a previous adventure, and we're just sort of seeing the consequences yeah. of it now. It was, but I quite liked it. Mm. I think it fed just enough. Of well, course, to... you did. <laughs> why, why, what does that
0: mean? Well, the, re- the reveal <laughs> that Indiana Jones probably shagged a sixteen-year-old when he was like in his <laughs> <laughs> <Was> she's <16? laughs> sixteen.
2: Oh, there was there was a bit where she said oh, I was a child, and I was like, mm. <laughs> literally, because that seems. <laughs>
0: I think implicitly she must have been sixteen or seventeen. It's possible she wasn't. So what he would have
2: been what (laughs)
1: thirty-eight But no, I agree. And again, that's that Star Wars ma- mentality, isn't it? The serial mentality of you're just getting thrown into a story, these people all have a history, and yeah. you're just coming in at some kind of random middle point. Um, but that another just very Star Wars-y element.
0: We, we've actually jumped ahead here. The, the next scene, after the aeroplane and the Indiana Jones theme plays, they're back at, you know, Indy's back at home, he's teaching, he's a, a lecturer at the university... And here we get a big exposition dump, like, setting up what the film is. Mm. But what I wanted to mention here is, other than the the sort of fraternising with the students that's clearly going on, what I think is interesting here is it's a total costume change, and we get to see <laughs> Indiana Jones as, like, a refined gent. And I <laughs> think that's quite... Tweed, <laughs> isn't it? University Tweed. <laughs> it's an interesting move for that second scene, he's like polar opposite like of what we've just seen really. in terms of his physical appearance it really hammers home like oh yeah he's got he's got a knowledge this guy he's not just like brendan he's not brendan fraser in the mummy
1: <laughs>
2: in this scene right where there's all these women and they're all adoring over him in a very realistic way then they all file out after class and then the last person out is a man and he puts an apple on the desk is that a gay joke is that yeah. is that the idea yeah 100% I think I could have leaned into that a bit more and really camped it up.
1: <laughs> I think you you can either read it that way or if you're if you're a bit less sophisticated I guess you can sort of say like oh well he's just a very keen nerdy student and that's a <laughs> you know an old fashioned thing. Um but yeah I, I I take the joke now as yeah he's gay you know actually, actually thinking about it I'd be surprised if Spielberg actually intended it that way I, I just thinking about his sensibilities I don't think he would make that kind of joke at that point in his career but um, yeah I, I don't know I've
0: never actually heard anyone talk about it I, I never took it as like a, a hateful joke I always kind of took it as just look everybody well, everyone everyone loves, wants oh yeah, to everyone loves him I saw someone the other day complaining about um, about the Beano actually they were saying how Walter the Softy and Dennis the Men is gay coded queer coded and I was like is he and then I thought about it and I was like well he was he was soft he was a like a sissy boy a I gansey. guess that I guess that is is I guess that is gay coded is it I guess I never really thought about it and I think maybe it's that it's like this character's meant to be a bit of a, a sort of pansy uh, for lack of a better mm. word but that wouldn't necessarily have registered as he's gay to people mm. in the 80s.
2: Just to use that as an example, like yeah, when I was a kid reading Beano, Walter the Softy was like the pansy, and they bullied him for it. Um, now to make him the villain of the piece, he's he's like a, a prick. He's like a young Tory. I'm I'm richer mm. than you and I'm better than you, twat. Well, he
0: looks he looks just like Jacob Rees-Mogg from what I remember. Yeah, well, exactly.
2: Yeah. So, <laughs> but they they have changed that because just being a bit gay is not enough to make you the the, the and being bullied by the hero is, doesn't really play anymore.
0: Oh my! I've actually I just googled Walter the Softie and uh, Calvin's face popped up. I didn't type Jacob, <laughs> I didn't type Jacob Rees-Mogg in, and the first image that came up is a side by side Walter the Softy Jacob Rees-Mogg. Jacob Rees-Mogg accused of copying Walter the Softie, BBC News. <laughs> BBC News. BBC,
2: oh my god.
0: Wow. <laughs> I seem to remember Walter the Softie being a prick when I was a kid as well. I think he had a girlfriend as well, from what, what I vaguely remember. Or oh, maybe, no, it's his little poodle dog. That's one <laughs> about. <laughs> <Foo-foo>. the dog. <laughs> what are the softest dogs called Foo yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dog, eh? Um, I do
1: I-, I think as you said earlier on Alan this is the M scene but because Indiana Jones is sort of a freelance adventurer they have to sort of bring in the whole Marion's dad w- is involved in this in some way to kind of bring him on yeah. board um, which uh, yeah we sort of touched on him earlier on he never makes an appearance in this Film or even series, God, saying I can't even remember if the, he's who John Hurt is in the end or not. Um, certainly in this film, he he has like a big presence. Really, is part of Indy's big motivation and he's part of his history with Marion, but um, sort of goes away after a while. I don't know if maybe they thought they would pick him up on you know, one of the sequels.
0: Can we can we talk about Indiana Jones's uh, costume again? Because again, yes. before we before we get to Marion or Miriam, what's she called? Marion. <laughs> Um Marion, yeah. We see him in a little hotel room. He's only wearing like a a, a red dressing gown, like um mm-hmm. uh what's his name? Dead. Playboy dead man. What's he called? <laughs> Hugh Hefner. Hugh Hefner. <laughs> He's only got like a sexy Hugh Hefner look going on. I really thought like, wow, whoever's doing the costumes on this film's like working overtime. That's three distinct looks they've given Indiana Jones in as many <laughs> scenes.
1: Well, he's only going to have one for like the next yeah, hour saying. and a half. Well, that, they really film, dropped so. the I think
0: every scene he should have had a new look. Well, they had to get the budget spent in the first scenes <laughs> before before yeah, he was yeah. just stuck in the same costume. <laughs> yeah. But then the next scene after that, the fourth one, uh, is uh, Miriam. Yeah. Um, Marion. Marion. Uh, Marion. Peter Laurie comes in. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Ronald
1: Lacey as uh, I can never even remember this guy's name, Major. Tot tot T O H T Um tot Certainly I think the villain that people remember from Absolutely. this film only cuz he's got the best yeah. villain face. Yeah, really he, do he
0: melts he melts in the most satisfying way as well. well just between him and <laughs> yeah. there's another one who melts pretty good.
2: Well he he does look like a quite a sort of waxy man
1: that would melt <laughs> There's a lot of lot of fuel there. Mm. But yeah, Peter Lorre is definitely who they're going for here. Again, just going back to, you know, Spielberg's references from 30s and 40s, you know, films that he watched when he was a kid growing up in the 50s and whatnot. And he has all the best lines. He has the best villain, Death. Um, he's got that creepy, like, the how the talisman thing gets, like, burnt into oh, his palm. is so such a gnarly detail. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's excellent. It's kind of a shame that he ends up. Well, uh, I, I, I don't really want to say henchman. I guess because even like Belloc isn't. You know, I mean Hitler is kind of the main he- villain of the thing. The sort of unseen main villain.
2: It is missing a kind of head villain vibe. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. What about the the sort of shaved a bit of his head to make it look like he's got some sort of weird?
0: I really, uh, that really, wasp? yeah, yeah, that really jumped out at me. A balding pattern
2: that no one has ever had. Ever. I think as a kid, I didn't
0: really i didn't really notice that i just thought yeah that's what old people look like but watching it now it's like what are they like he's actually shaved that as well Has he's actually had to have that haircut for the duration of that's film. the thing
1: with like with high definition and blu-ray and stuff like i was the same as a kid i never questioned it and now i'm like that looks like they've shaved his just a part mm-hmm. of his skull and then he's wearing a hat for, like, 90% of the time. So was, yeah, you can get away with it. Well, yeah, I, I'm always surprised when he, he, he has hair, because I just always assume, oh, yeah, he's just bald. He's just, like, sort of baby-faced <laughs>
0: completely. But, no. Um, and anyway, I sort of stopped taking consistent notes after this point. Uh, <laughs> you got too absorbed in the story. Yeah. Well, it's four scenes. Look how much has happened. My wrist was hurting. Was it that (laughs) cool? Tell me, tell me when we get to the scene where they're in the marketplace and he's running round having a fight with everyone.
2: Tell me where we get to the scene where the monkey does a Heil Hitler (laughs) (laughs) salute.
1: Well, we, we get to the kind of soonish after this, really. There's the fantastic sequence in, in the bar when, you know, it, as you said, the Three Stooges kind of gags the fight sequence. It. it I, I mean, I love it. Oh, like yeah, Marion, yeah, yeah. when um one of the alcohol barrels gets a whole shot in it, and then she's, you know, taking a swig of the alcohol that's pouring out as she's going about this uh, business. It's, uh, yeah, I, I really love that whole sequence. And I think Karen Allen's actually really good in this film. She and Harrison Ford have that kind of Catherine Hepburn, Cary Grant, back and forth which is really nice
0: she holds her own I don't think she's particularly memorable I, I mean again I said I wouldn't get too jumping ahead here but it, it's to the point that when, when I watched um, it's, it's Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is it where she comes back Oh, well, let's, well,
1: it's, yeah, it's chalk and cheese performances. Well, it's <laughs> I, I, it's I just say. when
0: I, when I went to see that film, I, I didn't know, I, like, who she was. <laughs> I wasn't like, oh, there's, Marion's back! It was just like, what? Oh, it's because, it's because it's all characters from past adventures we haven't met before. Oh, that's what they're doing. Okay, yeah.
1: Well, she is one of those 70s sort of leading ladies that didn't really... Oh, 80s, rather, I should say. But I think of her in the same bracket as, like, Margot Kidder, who was sort of like, yeah, she was in Superman. She was in these really big things, but then mm-hmm. she just sort of disappeared at some point I guess which is fine obviously
2: because it's the, it's these big big films and like major roles in them but then they're not given anything to do because it's just like oh that's the woman part and then then she runs around a bit and some, that basically a lot of people look like they're about to rape her and then Indiana saves her and uh, you know it's just a lot of that and it was all a bit it was yeah. all a bit gross because it felt like oh yeah let's set her up as this spunky heroine who's gonna go toe to toe with Indy and then never really comes to that she's, help I'm in a bus Mm. She's not quite flapping about all over the place, but yeah. it's not it's not that much. Yeah, fun. well, it's mm. you know,
0: it's an evolution. It's early days; they're making progress. The heart's in the right place, but I agree with you. It did it did stick out to me on this viewing. Like, oh wow, yeah, they uh, they've still got quite a way to go here in terms of representation. If this is meant to be like a, a spunky, capable <laughs> character, she's very like damsel in distress at a lot of points.
2: Mm. They do pick up a monkey at one point, right? Which turns out is like a fifth columnist monkey.
0: He's actually working (laughs) from the other side. Yeah, well, they've got they have to do that so you don't feel bad when he dies of eating poisoned dates. Well, I was
2: really glad when he died. I was because they kept like the monkey kept double crossing them, and they never worked it out. And they were just like, "Oh, good old monkey, come and sit on my shoulder." And it's like, no, Hindi. The monkey wants to kill you. (laughs) And then finally, he's come up and because it's a fat little date-eating monkey.
0: As if you wouldn't <laughs> let a monkey double-cross you. Imagine if it was a cat, you'd let it do whatever it wanted to. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, that's true.
1: That was a sequence, actually, that, just going back to the conversation we were having earlier on about bits that sort of stick in your mind from a kid, that bit where Indy is about to eat the date, and then mm. Sala catches it Raps and it. says, bad yeah, dates, yeah. And, and you see the dead monkey, that bit it was about as close as this film ever came to creeping me out as a kid, and I don't quite know why, because, again, I think the fucking monkey deserved it, but...
0: What yeah. I liked, what I liked. What about it it, like... it. It's a it's a wild animal that's been trained by a an evil man to do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Calvin sure. wants to go and arrest those monkeys in that country that have been trained to steal <laughs> people's wallets. You can tell. That he's <laughs> exactly Carl Pilkinson was talking <laughs> about putting a monkey jail. <laughs>
1: no but again like I'm, I'm going back to spielberg and his 30s and 40s influences it's very sort of you know chimpanzees and uh, gorillas were in an awful lot of horror <laughs> films in the 30s murders in the room Morgue, murders in the zoo well, that's why
0: the the brains in the next one isn't it getting the revenge yeah yeah exactly what what you know what
2: um i liked about that scene with the dates was that they had like 10 minutes earlier they had to really set up what dates what a are, date yeah. to really like, go to a lot <laughs> effort. <Huh? laughs> you eat them. <laughs> Alright, okay, cheers.
1: <laughs> there is a nice um, travel log sort of element some of those early scenes mm. where they're in Cairo and the meeting Salah's family and just kind of, there's just a bit of hanging out. I, th- I do think that that's where the pacing sort of... Um, dips for the yeah, uh, yeah. significant patch and, and obviously he's investigating as well he goes and we have all that iconic stuff where he takes the staff and the light shines through at just oh, the right time it. and all that which is yeah really cool and john williams music incredible obviously mm. it's just yeah brilliant
0: yeah one of the iconic john williams scores this isn't it i mean one of the one of the lesser iconic john williams scores Probably the last, Mm -hmm. if you said, like, hum as many John Williams scores (laughs) as you could to someone, they'd probably get through all the big, like, Star Wars, couple of Star Wars ones, Jurassic Park, Superman. uh, Then they'd get- Jaws, yeah, and then they'd probably get to this around, like, five or six in, but they'd get there, they'd remember it. They might mix it up with Superman, actually. Good, though. Good music. Mm, yeah. Excellent.
1: Um, how do you feel about John Reese Davis as Salah? I, I really like him. Probably my second favorite
0: character in the thing. He just he just blends into the background for me. It's the same as all the other characters. I can't tell apart. He's just.
1: Hmm.
2: Well, what yeah, what I liked he was he was doing. He was really like, I am a classically trained actor, and this is my Egyptian accent. was <laughs> <And it's> just, <laughs> just he's got that booming kind of stage actor
0: voice. It's really good.
2: Is that the sort of character you want more of? An Omid Jalili type.
0: Well, and Omid Jalili, would have—he would have made it funnier, though, wouldn't he? He would have been like stood in front of the staff when the sun was coming in, and it would have magnified on his <laughs> bum, and he would have gone, "Ooh!" and like <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> so there
2: are there are a lot of British actors in this playing a lot of non-British mm. roles, but was this filmed partly in Britain or was it a British money or something? Elstree Studios, yeah, I thought it yep. must be, because yeah, there's so many.
1: Yeah, the the Star Wars films as well were all filmed in London. It's yeah, and uh, there's a lot of uh, British crew on this as well. Douglas Slocombe is cinematographer, of course, um, known for a lot of Ealing comedies, wasn't it, Alan? You'll know
0: this. Uh, oh, he's a, a long career, a long career. Mm the shit hits the fan in the marketplace and they're all rushing round and fighting everyone. Uh, we've got to talk about one of the one of the greatest scenes in cinema history, I'll say, where the big boss comes out and swings his sword around and Indy just <laughs> thinks, Oh, fuck off and just shoots him and then carries on. Yeah and of so course the,
1: the the famous behind the scenes story that that was a, sort of a Harrison Ford suggested improvisation
0: he'd on been set because he because he had dysentery, <laughs> yes, and you can tell when when you watch it knowing that you can you can see the like frustration in his face, and I was like, oh yeah that's that is a man trying to keep it together. While he yeah. feels like shit, <laughs> that, that, that is, is a man great.
2: trying to keep his sphincter together. <laughs> <laughs> but he's just looking like, oh for fuck's sake! Like you just—it's
1: oh, yeah. <laughs> really good. I
2: can't remember what I said about this when we were doing Star Wars, particularly. But I don't know if I'm that convinced by Harrison Ford. I think he's got a lot of charisma, a lot of charm. Yeah but yeah. not much else i don't think he yeah. really it's not that he's even a bad actor i don't think he even really tries i don't think he can with it
0: <laughs> i don't think this film calls upon him to do anything other than uh be charismatic and do some stunts
2: yeah and i
0: think that's why it works so well for me no i agree with you though the second you try and get him to do anything
2: because there are some moments where... I want you my family have, back. It just You doesn't could have work. the emotional stuff with him and Marion and all that. There's some moments you could have stuff and he's just... Yeah, he plays everything.
0: But it's and, all paper cool. thin. Everything, like in terms of you know there's enough there to make it work there's enough like it's someone who's running their their car on on uh, vegetable oil there's enough like proper petrol in the mix and they're, they're diluting it down
2: but mm. harrison ford has always struck me as someone who worked out early on that he could phone it in and, and people still liked it and so he's never tried he, he gets his, the gets the him, pages actually. on the morning goes yeah i'll read these out no problem
1: In terms of his sort of, you know, public persona, I think he does have a lot more fondness for Indiana Jones than he does... St- certainly for Star Wars, um, or, or much else really. Like, this is a role that he will talk about with fondness. Whereas if you've ever seen him giving an interview about Star Wars, he just clearly just doesn't care at all. <laughs> but yeah, I, but he, he was a carpenter that. before breaking into acting, wasn't he? I mean, he is. Amer- like, American you know, I mean, Graffiti,
0: wasn't it? The, um, yes, is that Yes, right? George Lucas. The, uh, the, yeah. yeah.
1: But then, of course, he only got the Harrison Ford part because. You know, he was he was just, like, the guy they were bringing in to do the screen tests with all of the women that they were auditioning for um, Princess Leia. And then eventually, George Lucas was like, oh, yeah, I guess he could probably do it all right. Like, he was never sort of destined for it, and then that was his star-making role. Actually, no, this is probably... Uh, no, yeah, Harrison Ford, and then this one-two punch. But, I think,
0: yeah I, th- yeah, I think without this, he would have... He would have had a Mark Hamill or a Carrie Fisher career, yeah. Uh, Mm. As in, as in, not a lot of uh, work until the kind of rise of nerd culture several decades later meant that they'd start (laughs) popping up in like Jay and Silent Bob, (laughs) go to the movies, or whatever it's called. (laughs) But you know, because of this, he went on to do you know Witness and uh, The Fugitive and proper stuff.
2: Okay, hang on, wait, right, right. Let's 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 work, work, work this together without looking, right? Name mm-hmm. Harrison Ford's films so we'll do Star Just Wars did. Indiana Jones right what else Witness the
0: Fugitive Witness the fugitive. Yeah. What Lies Beneath Firewall oh, yeah.
1: uh The Patriot Games Oh yeah Oh Air Force yeah. 1 Oh yeah he was Jet Air Ryan, Force 1 yeah yeah yeah, um, uh, I can't remember if he did one or two. Clear and present danger. That's another one. Yeah.
0: Uh, um, American Graviti. Uh, that rom com he did. Morning wood or something. The morning after. <laughs> oh, um, was was working girl, girl as well. He was in. Oh, he, he was, was in working, working girl. girl. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Anchorman two, I think. Is he in Anchorman two? <laughs> uh, I think he's in Anchorman so. two. What was the obviously, last thing... All, all, the, all the sequels, obviously, to Star Wars and uh, Indiana Jones as well.
2: well. Well, yeah, apart from those kind of the
0: legacy films,
2: what's the last thing where... Harrison Ford was like, "We want the star power of Harrison Ford. Here's the lead role. You're gonna play it." Uh, what, the Marvel is it?
0: thing he's gonna be in uh, next year, Thunderbolts. Don't know what uh,
1: that is. Well, supporting, I, I, I think of Firewall. Even though I know that's not that's not a glamorous uh, project. That's the the last one that I remember being properly marketed as Harrison Ford saving his family, actioner. <laughs> like, and that was in what 2004 or something like that. You know,
2: fair enough. I mean, the guy's in, well into
1: his seventies, and he's
0: and he's, we, We've just named quite a quite a solid uh, bunch of films there. Yeah, yeah. Like to
2: say those, it's been nearly twenty years since his last. Like, I think that's his choice.
0: I'm having a look. I'm having a look. What have we missed? Anything worthwhile? He was one of the uh, one of the two main guys in that shrinking TV series on Apple TV. That's where the media landscape oh. is now. That was this year. That's his big. I don't thing. know. I don't even know what that means. Literally never heard <laughs> of that. Oh, oh about. Blade Runner, guys, Blade Runner. Ah oh, uh, yes, course. of course. We missed the yeah. We
2: missed, a, yeah, that's we missed
0: the big one there, and of course, Blade Runner yeah. twenty forty nine. Uh, he's in the Expendables mm. three. Apparently, <laughs> is he really? Is, yeah. Ender's Game. I have watched that. Cowboys oh, yes. and Aliens. Oh
1: yes. Oh god.
0: Morning Glory was the film that I couldn't remember the name of, unless that was what it was called. Is that what I said it was? Yeah. You said Morning Wood. Yeah. Not... <laughs> morning Wood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Morning Glory. It's slightly more poetic. K nineteen, the Widowmaker.
2: Oh. oh yes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, I f- I think this is we've, we've gone too far off the tr- the, the, the the line. Here. Let's get back to Indy uh and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, but that that was another thing. Raiders of the Lost Ark this film is called. Yeah. Uh not mm. Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is what it's been mixed comes up as. And it's sci-fi.
0: and it's not it's not Star Wars episode 4 A New Hope. It's just Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> but where would if you were putting this in your alphabetical DVD
1: um, display on your bookshelves.
2: Don't do,
0: I don't have it in alphabetical, do I, Alan? Fortunately, it all comes in a box set together. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's,
2: but do you put it under
0: I? I'd probably put it... If I was doing it alphabetically, I'd probably put this under R. I'd probably... Yeah, but then what? It. And then... Yeah, well, there you go. You're separate, it's alphabetical, isn't it?
1: Isn't it? It's alphabetical.
0: I don't alphabetize. Well they're not gonna be in order anyway, are they? Because it's, not gonna, be, it's gonna it's it, it's gonna be bloody Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade first. No Kingdom of the Crystal It's gonna Ooh. be Kingdom of the Crystal Skull first, <laughs> then Last Crusade second.
2: Yeah, but I would put them under Indiana Jones, and then subtitle the, the yeah, the subtitle. Order. Yeah, but is yeah, but be the then you can chronological factor. them. though. That's the point. They, they kind of get well, put, get d- put just... under in a group under I for Indiana Jones, and then uh, you know, you, then you you chronologize them in the. It's a mess. What I'm saying, and they should have thought of this when they were doing it, and they should have made sure that the sequels came in alphabetical order.
0: They presumably made this with no intention or thought for the you know making any more Well they? it was I mean, a
2: different world wasn't
0: it it was a different That's what form, I mean I th- I know? think it was just a standalone film and uh... I don't I don't think
2: that it would have been out they, it must have been thought about there must have been thinking about Yeah like, well, they're, they're, they're not naive the enough to can...
0: think it couldn't possibly If it continue, goes well we'll do another yeah.
2: as opposed to yes you're you're contracted for nine films thanks
0: But that's what I mean the difference is now <laughs> they would probably have peppered in like you know a villain who'd appear in the third mm-hmm. film and all this sort of shit that, like on purpose Samuel Jackson. Just while we're on the subject of ordering, interestingly enough, on the VHS
1: set that my dad had, and I've looked I've looked this up to check it since, because I was like, was that, was that really true? Because they released the young Indiana Jones series mm. um, on video around the same time, they were obviously trying to tie it all into one thing, even though you could just buy the films, these you know, three films in one box set. Because Temple of... Because Temple of Doom is technically set before Raiders of the Lost Ark, mean Temple of Doom... It's a prequel. Well, it's it, it it's in the past. It's well, it, okay, it is. <laughs> um, but so so they would number them like Temple of Doom was chapter twenty three, Raiders was chapter twenty four, and then Last Crusade was chapter twenty five. Because I guess they were counting. They were making a vain attempt to try and sell <laughs> more videos. I think isn't it River Phoenix and um,
2: Young
0: Andy and the Young. No, he's the he's the prequel. Uh, oh, he just pops Last up in one of the films Crusade, as, but yeah, he doesn't yeah, play yeah, yeah, young yeah. Indiana. Yeah, 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 The prequel scene at the start of Last Crusade. I think
1: Harrison Ford's in
0: one where there's like a flash forward. I, I believe so. I believe, yeah. Also, George Hall plays old Indiana Jones. When when hmm. uh, I guess Harrison Ford plays middle Indiana Jones. Does he? <laughs> On IMDb, Harrison Ford's credited as Indiana Jones, age fifty, specifically. So there you go. Uh, yeah, hmm. um, where are we? Yeah, we're up to. We're, we must be up to them getting chucked into the snake pit now, right? I suppose so. Yeah, because there's this whole thing where the Nazis are digging. Yeah, so they get they get chucked into the snakes, mm, which is hugely iconic. My favorite thing is the clearly visible pane of glass between Indiana Jones and the snakes. <laughs>
1: Yeah that's that's nice. You can just see it in the sand like where it's sort of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I I, th- I think it's really well done though. Otherwise, I mean, all uh, of those snakes—it's really creepy—and it is the kind of thing where, partic- I'm sure there are some fake ones in there. Yeah, but...
0: there's there's a good few scenes where you look and the snakes are just completely motionless. <laughs> it's like, oh, those are all <laughs> fake. They? But they're all hiss. The, the noise, the sound design is like, oh, they they're wriggling around. Oh. It's like when you watch <laughs> old Simpsons episodes and they like dub a line in, but the mouth isn't moving. <laughs> they're just, all right, I'll, I'll go with it.
2: <laughs> a snake's well known for. Hanging out in massive groups, all different. I was species.
0: wondering that. <laughs> it's it's not. They don't yeah. naturally congregate like that. So obviously someone's gone around like scooping up a load of snakes mm-hmm, into mm-hmm. a into a wicker basket and just like chucking them into a big tank. And they all. I do like stay how, alive in there. I guess. I do like um, how like Marion's like trying to
1: jump on Indy's back throughout this whole bit. Um, that was a lovely you know, how bit how of physicality. Yeah. It
2: didn't yeah, feel, it, really it, nice. it felt very real, like she was just, like he He hadn't t- been
0: told that that's what she was going to do. Yeah. <laughs> is it, is it, um, is it when they get out, wh- when is it that, uh, René says, what's once briefly yours is now mine? He says it a few times, doesn't he? But there's a time, there's another time near the end where he says it. Uh... Is it when he said it the, like the second or third time, I just thought like, oh man. Indiana Jones should just fuck his wife. Because <laughs> he could do it. There's no, there's no way she wouldn't. You know what he's like. Yeah. That, that'd show it's a, It's a pretty... You'd probably like it, little freak. You'd probably be into it.
1: It's a pretty big uh, sort of adrenaline-fueled sequence then, this whole sort of like, once they get out of the thing and it's you know it's
0: planes and cars yep, and it's yep, yep. slide the perfect perfectly square bit of stone yes. that's like a different it's it's like an old Scooby Doo cartoon so it's like a different <laughs> different color from the rest of the background <laughs>
1: But this is like kind of the action climax of the whole thing now. It feels weird because there's another like twenty minutes film left after it, half an hour pretty much. But uh, yeah, this all this stuff with the cars and the planes and fighting, it's um yeah. yeah, It's really great. I love it. Yeah. And and we have the, the iconic stunts where he
2: goes under the under the truck and oh yeah, hanging yeah, yeah. off the rope and all that stuff. Yeah, uh, and I tell yeah, you what, there's moment. there's quite a few moments with um uh what, who it was definitely Harrison Ford and not a stunt double, uh, like actually riding a horse with um quite some vigor. Uh, well, I think you that mean, yeah, you I can tell it's I him. think
0: I think that goes along with what, what you're saying about what Harrison Ford brings to a role. I think that is a big part of it. To be honest, I think there's a there's a an almost Tom Cruise esque mm. quality of. Oh yeah, I can tell he's like getting stuck in here. In his early, you know, in his youth. And really,
2: overall, just good, solid practical effects in this kind of really c kind of nostal- yeah. in a way that is nostalgic now. <laughs> you know, and just the fact that mm. like, oh, this whole thing's on fire around them and it's actually real fire.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I must admit I'm in I'm intrigued to see how much of that stuff is just like painfully green screened in uh the new one, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. They've really bigged up, like,
1: oh, we did so much physical stuff, but then that first um, clip that they released of Harrison Ford and Phoebe Waller-Bridge having a conversation while on the tuk-tuk things, on, clearly on a green screen, it's just, ugh, I don't know why they do it. It's like with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, they did the same thing, oh, we've done so much for real, but then the first shot is a CGI gopher coming out of a CGI mound, and yeah, it doesn't set you up well.
2: I love it I love the other uh, maybe it's a symptom of my age, but yeah, I love all the practical effects and stuff, and like you know I mm-hmm. can watch you watch a fast and the furious film and you you sort of take it for granted it like it is it's it is brilliant you know it looks brilliant and real, but it just doesn't mm-hmm. i think there's something about the practical effects that is like oh that looks that could have killed someone that <laughs> like you really mm-hmm. you really get a visceral feel from it
1: to your point earlier on Alan about what you said about um Indiana Jones, you know, he is uh, flappable and he isn't this perfectly polished, he's not James Bond who's gonna come out of a situation, you know, dust his shoulders and he's, you know, he really does get beaten up and, like, when he's dragged along the car and everything, it's, um, yeah, it's really, I think it works especially well because he is so beaten up and you see him bleeding and, and then, bruised yeah, and, and all
2: Marion's like tending to him and he's like ah <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but but like without nice. without losing that kind of primal masculinity that he has you know I think you, you can be it's these little moments of vulnerability it sort of really gives him humanity and I think it's, it's one of those things that everyone talks about with um Die Hard, John McClane in Die Hard. It kind of went from these superheroes mm. like you Schwarzenegger and Stallone and stuff to like, oh, he's just an ordinary Joe Schmo caught in a difficult situation and he's like he's suffering, uh, but it makes mm. it all the more interesting for it. But you know that's obviously yeah. what they were, they were doing a long time ago. Well, Calvin, maybe you'll know about this. What uh, now? We're forty years on, and this is the sort of thing that goes up on your Disney streaming channel. Have they mm. had to make any changes?
1: Oh, what you mean for cultural sensitivities and that kind uh, yeah, of thing? Yeah, yeah, because for for it was a different time, purposes. Well, it seems to have. I was. I must admit, I was quite surprised to see John Rhys-Davis return as Salah in the latest one because I thought that kind of casting just wouldn't. Fly I guess today. that's
2: legacy in it. You're getting away with that. Yeah, but yeah, you would just. But I think even today, you wouldn't cast an Englishman doing that. But. You would just go and go, like, oh, yeah, he's, like, Afghani or Iranian or something. That's close enough. Greek, yeah? Cool. Mm. <laughs> they, you can play an Egyptian. Yeah. That's no problem. Yeah. So, like, I don't think it's, it's not that much better, is it? <laughs> but I think that's yeah. all right. I, to be honest, I'm not that bothered about that stuff. It's like, yeah, that's what acting actors do, and it? You can do a, mm. put on a French oh, yeah. accent and you play a Frenchman. But... Mm. i get it like why not just hire uh, an egyptian actor and like
1: but i don't know i don't know from like a cultural sensitivity perspective i think the the most often you know sort of thing i see about indiana jones is that oh he goes to other countries and steals their relics and takes them back yeah, kind of yeah. thing but otherwise like not in like uh oh they characterize all natives as this certain way or whatever or you know i think the next film's going to have a lot of you know stereotypes cultural <laughs> um but yeah it's interesting that it seems to have sort of remained kind of unscathed i don't know if that just speaks to the fact that everyone loves these films so much that no one's really gonna
2: well certainly when i was watching this i didn't nothing like really bad jumped out i mean nothing that you would kind of like yeah well it was 40 years ago you know uh, like there's, there's no women there's one woman in the film and you know like we've said before she not quite the spunky heroine that we want really
1: but yeah i think i don't think this film comes off particularly you know, if i were to be putting on those goggles like you know nothing offends me personally about it can you get away with more if
2: it's like well it was it's set in the 30s so you know i do wonder that
1: <laughs> i yeah i was thinking like we're, yeah, we're just highlighting really the
2: things of, the t- of those times
1: I suppose now we're ready to move on to the last, uh, like, 30 minutes or so of this film, which I think for, mm. for everything that I've been praising so far about the film, I, I
0: it, it climaxes too soon. People who don't like this film, what they generally, like, complain about, cite as its big flaw, is the ending.
2: Do you know what, right? This is something that I think really should push my buttons more than it did. I do, yeah. I do not like the, it was ghosts all along ending, but... <laughs> It didn't really bother me, I don't, but I think that might because I've seen I knew it, I've seen it before, and maybe if I was watching this for the first time now, it would probably annoy me.
0: I I think it's nice to have a bit of supernatural in the mix. Personally, I like that. Uh, the The reason people complain about it is that it it essentially renders Indiana Jones like a completely passive protagonist in the sense that yeah everything he did in the film is largely pointless (laughs) like if he hadn't been in the film the same thing would have happened pretty much the nazis would have found the ark of the covenant they would have opened it up they would have all died i guess the only thing he does is he he gets them to
1: it quicker i guess because he finds where the ark is and they were digging in the wrong place Mm. but they'd have gotten there eventually (laughs) give it another few weeks
2: it also, it also kind of robs us of a, a heroic victory. You know, he is strapped to a mast while you know the hero's journey is. Oh, close your eyes. The ghosts can only get into the eyes. So close. Yeah, and eyes. you
0: know what? That's not set up very well. It's yeah. There's no. There's no backstory to that. Or if there, that's it. If there was a. If there was a setup where it's like. The the, the the virtuous, the righteous man will <laughs> not need to look at the thing and that's how you know he's pure of heart or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That would perhaps make it play better. But as it mm. stands, it's like he just happens to know how to not die. Which fair enough, he's an archaeologist, he's read about this thing and blah 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 blah. But we don't we don't see any of that, so it comes out of nowhere. Yeah,
1: it just so happens, isn't it? Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. It's it's all
1: really cool effects, though, and the gory stuff's all fantastic.
0: I think that's why I'm alright with it. It's just Mm -hmm. cool. It's cool enough to... candle
1: heads that are melting.
0: But I also agree with you, Calvin. It's very abrupt and um, all over a bit quickly, yeah.
1: Well, I probably wouldn't mind it so much if we got to that bit quicker. It's all the stuff with the Mm. U boat and the on the frigate and there's this captain who's a friend of Indy but you're wondering if he's gonna rat him out. It, it's a really odd little bit and then when they're all cheering for him when he's like getting into the submarine, it's yeah yeah all that it's yeah
2: odd. all that bit it did feel like oh this was a big extended scene and then they've had to trim it down yeah. and now it's kind of yeah. lost in the middle somewhere.
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly it because it feels like at the moment it's just getting them from point A to point B. Which is the climax of all the ghosts and all the heads exploding and stuff. But even then, it's kind of weird. Like, in this day and age, I'm not sure you could have an adventure romp of a film like this and end with such a horrific, like, proper horror movie ending. But I do love it.
0: Um, You're right. Infinity War, they just turn to dust, and it's not very... Mm. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was 15 years ago now, and that was just doing a throwback to this. Mm. And not as, <laughs> not as graphic. Uh, mm. there's gotta be something. Hmm. Does Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness not have some pretty horrific stuff at Ooh. the end?
1: Yeah, you're probably right, actually. If it's gonna come from anyone, it's Sam Raimi, isn't it?
0: That kind of thing. That was a uncharacteristically dark film for a big studio blockbuster. This was just mm. a mainstream, crowd-pleasing film. It wasn't like, look how dark this you know (laughs) this movie Mm. is you're right actually i think that's that's got to be something of a product of its era and the 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 studio system and the rate age ratings of the time and all of that hasn't it
1: Mm. yeah i suppose they probably still got they still got away with pg i'm assuming because Mm. it's first of all it's not imitable and a lot of the rating system was about imitability there it's why jaws got pg because the argument was it's not going to encourage any kid to go out and eat someone, so you know.
0: That's why he couldn't get in a
1: fridge till the fourth one, because kids might actually do that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But
0: also because they're awful Nazis, and we (laughs) do want to see them die in awful ways. I mean, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movies, actually, thinking about it, that first one, I remembered thinking as a kid, like bloody hell, with the way that like, the bombs oh, yeah. like skeletonize people, and yeah, that is pretty graphic actually. And then yeah. the second one, there's the whole chainsaw, Evil Dead surgery scene with Doc Ox pretty full on as well, like horror. Mm. But again, it's 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 like it's it's Sam Raimi, isn't it? <laughs> it's like mm. I don't know if it counts. I,
1: and I don't think Spielberg now would ever do that. I feel like he's. I don't, matured isn't the right word, I don't know, mellowed. Does he have um, kids? Oh yeah, he's got so many kids. <laughs> did, ha, did he have kids when he made this? He, he literally has ten. I
0: don't think he did, because he marries the indie girl in the next film, doesn't he, so... That's what softens load of, loads of people, sadly. They're like, oh, I had a kid and then I couldn't, like, it was too mean. <laughs> yeah. It's when Charlie Brooker started writing Black Mirror episodes with happy endings. Oh I'm in love. <laughs> oh I met a blue Peter presenter
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, and then we have the very very ending where they go back to the u s very iconic bit there oh it is, where,
0: where they what they put the the ark in a warehouse yeah why why is this such an iconic moment because <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's 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 been parodied in everything multiple yeah, times, has, to be perfectly frank. I think Family Guy's done it like five times. I think It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia might have done it twice. It's, um, <laughs> it's it's so iconic, and I don't really know why. Like, I, watching it this time, I didn't think, like, wow, what a cool ending. What a twist ending. No, I, I, I do like it. I think
2: if you'd seen that for the first time, and it would, I think it would have a bit more of an impact. That kind of, yeah, there's just this big warehouse full of secrets. <laughs>
0: But do you think do you think it would? Because that uh, watching it last night, I kind of thought I think I just like this because it's so iconic and it's like I, I I tried to imagine watching it divorced of all that stuff.
1: I think I think a part of it is the irony of the government really wanted to get this thing, um, and now it's just boxed up and shoved in a big warehouse with a bunch of other stuff. Even though it's this, <laughs> it's like God in a box <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Well, I think that's probably yeah. the
2: best best thing, isn't
1: it? As opposed to getting their top men
0: probing it and figuring out how it works. Yeah. Well, I like the ending. Mm. I like the mm. film. I think it's great. I I, I I, must admit, though, kind of what Alan alluded to earlier. This is probably the least I've been into it out of all the times I've watched it in my life. It was sort of the most... Mm. I think the cracks were kind of... Starting to show for me, and I think more than anything, it was just the the, the slightly baggy bits of uh, pacing in the middle here and there.
1: You're a jaded grown-up now, mm. yeah,
0: but I still I, I sort of tried to remember how it felt the first time and all that. I, I, I stuck with it on that kind of emotional level, so I, I really, I really do like this film. I think it's great. I think it's a fantastic bit of filmmaking and and very kind of economical hollywood filmmaking you know like how to write a, a screenplay that works like a like a machine and shoot it in a way that that works and it, it's um it's everything it's everything you want from steven spielberg i suppose is um but i'm, I'm gonna give it an, i'm gonna give it a nine out of ten if we're gonna jump Whoa. into ratings yeah coming out strong uh, I'm gonna follow that with uh, that same
1: level of positivity, Saul. Uh, I, I think we saw very much the same film with this because it's also a nine out of ten from me. I think it's not—it's not my favorite of the Indiana Jones series. We'll—we'll we'll get to that in a couple of weeks. But uh, I, yeah, I, I just think it's a—it's—it's it's so classic. It's so enjoyable. It's just always a fun romp every time I watch it. It's just everything you would want from a fun adventure steven spielberg movie Mm. yeah and my my only sort of niggly little you know uh, moments where i can be negative about it are in some of that third act where like i say on some of the boats and the sub and stuff i feel like just yeah. pacing wise it 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 just it, it it's a bit of a jolt for me these days and it's a bit that i always forgets in the film but yeah nine out of ten i love it
2: well it's a bit strong for my taste i must admit it's um i don't know there was just something about this that felt a little bit uh first draft like oh it just needed mm. a couple more rewrites and it didn't well i
0: i, I guess in a sense it 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 was, you know, it was it was something that got refined through the years. The, the the kind of filmmaking formula here. This was an early version of of what we kind of have now.
2: I don't know. It just it failed to wow me, put it that way. But I did enjoy it. Uh, I gave it a seven.
0: Good lord. And perhaps I, you
2: know, perhaps it deserves more than that, just for on its kind of its iconic status. That it 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 did it it did it all first kind of thing. Not quite, but you know what I mean.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. Hmm. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I felt comfortable with a seven. Hmm.
0: Well, this has been fun. I'm looking forward to uh, the next few. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're we're committing to doing the next four as well. But we're not committing yeah. to any sort of schedule. <laughs> so <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> we'll that. try. We'll we'll try and we'll we'll try and get them out uh, swiftly. But you know, don't don't be expecting these on a weekly basis or anything. We're busy men. <laughs> oh, certainly are. God. Got lives uh but yeah next hmm. time it's gonna be temple of doom i guess can't wait looking forward Sweet. to it just just hang on guys hold on to your potatoes